Resuming. Weird. World. Order. Broadcast. Dynatherms connected. Initiating broadcast signal in... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the... Booyah! What's up, gents? It's your boy, Joe. And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakoa, weighing in at 178 adamantium-filled pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores. I am as far beyond mutants as mutants are beyond humans. Apocalypse. And to my other other right driving in from gotham city taking a break from helping out the batman devlin batmite talbert how's it going guys thanks very much for coming back on and helping us out to discuss moon night today devlin uh you're gonna be our anchor i'm gonna admit my ignorance no pressure joe and i often say we didn't read no moon night I didn't read no Moon Knight. Uh, I picked up one issue of Moon Knight because the cover mm-hmm. looked cool, and I didn't like it. I couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to the Batmite and the X-Man. Can you give the the knights and the ladies and gentlemen of the Nerd World Order a basic understanding of who Moon Knight is and what makes him an interesting character? Yeah. Uh, so... A lot of our characters that we see, like we know, like we're looking at them and they've got some kind of disorder. Like, like I'll be real, Batman's got PTSD, like nobody's business, he's got PTSD. But Moon Knight is one of those ones that puts a very dangerous and kind of unspoken disorder out there, the dissociative identity disorder. Um, and in the comics, apparently there's a little bit of a disconnect between is it actually that disorder or is it a result of like uh, a Kansu like you know giving him that kind of a complex but um he's he's got that those personalities and each one serves its different purpose for his ultimate goal of being the protector of the travelers of night and fighting crime mm-hmm. yeah i think i think the date he has three personalities um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's uh Stephen Grant, who was the millionaire or billionaire playboy. <laughs> then you had uh, Mark Spector. I think Mark Spector is the main personality because, I mean, he's he's a CIA agent, you know, former uh, wet works, you know, special ops kind of guy. I mean, that's kind of a lifetime's worth of uh, uh, of training right there. So, you know, to me, I think that's 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 got to be the primary personality. And then I forget the other guy's name, but he's a he's a cabbie. And Jake Lossie. Jake Lockley, he, you know, he drives around. He gets the word on the street. You know, he finds it, finds out the skinny and what's going down, so that he can help out. Um, but one of the coolest things I ever I, I read about was there was a time that that Moon Knight's personalities changed into Spider Man, Wolverine, and uh, Captain America. Right, so he's going around and you know he's swinging around like he's got this fake Spider Man suit on, looks super terrible, but he's got these fake web shooters that aren't that great. And he's shooting him and shooting him and shooting him. He gets kind of stuck. 
so then he pops his claws out of those same web shooters and he just starts tearing people up and, and you know then he's also got one of those like uh those uh shields that captain america had that was energy energy based and it was so bad that you know he's always arguing with these these three superheroes and then one day they actually show up and he like spends hours thinking that he's talking to himself but it's actually them like you know you gotta stop this can't be besmirching our name x-man first thoughts man this show cerebral i mean it, it was totally it was in your mind you know you were right there filling it with them like you know why is he doing that why, why is he doing this what happened what where did the time go it it, it had me on the edge they sold me the whole seat but i only need at the edge Devlin, what'd you think? The show just pulled me in. I wanted to know more, and the cinematography made me just like look for all the little signs that they were showing me of what was the character. So I thought it was awesome. I loved it. And Joe, first thoughts? Um, I thought it was dope. I finished watching. It wasn't like Bubble Fett, so when I was done watching it, the ending had me wanting more, and I can't wait for the next episode. Let's okay. start by looking at the first character, Stephen Grant. So yeah. what did you guys think of them starting off with the Stephen Grant personality? My thoughts were, I, I don't remember Moon Knight being British. Yeah, and from what I was reading, Stephen Grant wasn't like this. He wasn't like a, you know, sort of an introverted... Uh, uh, clerk. Clerk, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be like a, a, a billionaire. Wasn't, wasn't he like a, a movie producer? Um, yeah. He was a billionaire and he would use his money to create his uh, equipment yeah. and his costume, which a lot of people were saying too much similarities to Batman. So that's probably why they changed it and made him a clerk. If you look at the way they do the costumes too, it's you can tell he doesn't make the costumes either. So I'm wondering if that's why they did it too. Yeah, it's more supernatural. It's actually a really smart move because we as comic book fans know that people have always called Moon Knight uh marvel's batman with the timing yeah it would have been the so close to the batman uh which has had great critical success mm -hmm. i think that if moon knight would have used its original formula that we saw in the comic books for so many years it would it would have flopped there would have been way too many comparisons by moving the stephen grant character into the i'm gonna call him a nerd gentlemen yep. he was just straight up nerd Big time. Uh, by yeah, creating that nerd persona. Number one, I feel like it's going to contrast really strongly to the Mark mm -hmm. Specter, excuse me, the Mark Specter personality, and that will really help to set apart this character. You know, it's really cool the way that they do it because, like, let's say that you know Deadpool, they play Deadpool for laughs. Yeah, you know. Um, this is played very seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously in that issue, um, it was kind of comical, but at the same time, the way that they, you know, cover the dissociative identity disorder is it really creates a complexity to the character that, um, I mean, a lot of other characters don't have. You know, I, I feel like the Sentry has a similar challenge um, in that he has to keep uh, one of his personalities locked away because it's so powerful. Um, and they're actually doing the same thing with the Hulk, which I just love. I'm not going to go off on a Hulk tangent. You're welcome, Joe. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're doing something very similar with the Hulk, but I think they did it well for the first time 
when they use Moon Knight. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good that they're um, using the same disorder in the TV show and not shying away from it. Right. And they alluded to it really nice in, mm -hmm. in the show with the reflections and, and splitting his reflection into three mm -hmm. different versions. Like they showed us ahead of time, like, oh, it's kind of split. Right. Yeah, and there are certain things in the show too. It's like, you know, when he got up out of bed, he stepped over the sand and made sure there was no footprints in the sand. And actually that first, I didn't get what that was. He was just looking to see if there was footprints in the sand so that tell if he got up the night before. He had himself locked to the bed, right? And then he went to his door and there was, there was blue painter's tape uh, on the you know the crevice of the door so that way if the door opens that would have been busted right so he had all these little things at play to find out if he's actually done this because he's aware that he has well not not aware that he has this this disorder he thinks that he's a sleepwalker right because he'll wake up tired and he'll wake up somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be so um it's it's interesting to see all the little things all the little nuances that he has to go through just to maintain the fact that he stayed in bed all night which in actuality he probably wasn't staying in bed all night it's just yeah. like the mark specter character is smart yeah what's awesome about it is like he's doing all these things to stop himself from leaving mark is so when mark takes over he's so smart he gets out and makes it look like he never left and, and also the the one, one of the things i really appreciate about it is they really make you feel for steve yeah because he's going through some things and I, I kind of dig how they didn't make him a billionaire because nobody feels sorry for a billionaire. What people feel sorry for is a guy that works in a museum and gets ridiculed by his boss and gets asked out on a date. And this as nerds, whenever a nice looking girl asks you out, you kind of think is she's trying, playing games on me because you kind of doubt yourself. And the whole thing is that character, Steven doubts himself through the whole episode where Mark is confident, and that's the 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 battle between the two characters. Like, let me take over. No, I don't believe you. We're, if you don't let me take over, we're gonna die. And so, just that whole dynamic between those two personalities. And then you got the Moon God going. This idiot took over again. So it's kind of <laughs> cool. Like, you can. It's it's very. You can identify three different. Well, actually, it's two different personalities in the God all at once, trying to take over this body and you can tell in this first episode for me anyways you can tell that they're all different characters because you know sometimes they play you have actors or in movies or tvs and they try to make it look like they're they're different personalities the only guy that could pull it off was um the movie split you yeah. that was very believable like wow this guy's believable and i and and isaac did such a good job and he makes it believable like he's two different characters Especially that final scene when you've got like the infinity mirrors on either side, that right, really right. showed it. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm curious about. You know, uh, reading comics, you know, my whole life, Thor has always been a god. MCU made him an alien. Is Khonshu mm -hmm. and all the Egyptian gods are they just going to be an alien race? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I but I if they're going to be doing that, are they going to be bringing on like the whole pantheon of the Egyptian gods? Because he talked about the the nine, the uh, the Enya, right? So yeah. we're going to see that whole pantheon. Yeah. But if not them, I'm pretty sure, based on a couple of stuff, a couple of things that they did, like uh, the the alluding with uh, the 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 restaurant where like everything was in red and uh, a couple other things. It definitely was alluding to Set or Seth, uh, which was a major character in Moon Knight. So, yeah. for sure, him. 
I've read somewhere like, I mean, Thor Love and Thunder is coming up soon. And uh, they really haven't dropped any information about Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, what's his name? The other Batman, Christian Bale. He's uh, he's playing uh, God Slayer in that, right? Well, he's going to have Gore the God Butcher. Gore the God Butcher. He's going to have to have gods the Butcher. Well, maybe Moon Knight's going to supply some of those gods to be killed. Or, you know, maybe we're going to get an end credit scene with him, like, you know, put it through somebody's chest, you know, run him through. And then, you know, we follow the love and thunder and then they'll drop the trailers, you know. I also did see that theory. It's a really good theory. So I hope it does come to fruition. It's a great way to get people excited for Thor Love and Thunder. One thing that I really liked about the acting was the physical interaction that Steven and Mark had in the single character. You know, when um, they were trying to get, like, Steven wanted to give up an item. Mark didn't want to give it up. And there mm-hmm. was a sort of back and forth with the hand. Yeah. It really looked like this, mm-hmm. someone was pulling the hand, pushing yeah. the yeah. hand. Yeah. And I was like, that's one of those things where it looks so natural and so easy. Mm-hmm. But if you try doing that, it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I almost wondered if there was a guy in a green suit just like holding yeah. him and pulling him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's those little subtleties. That's what I really like mm-hmm. about this show is there are right. so many subtleties in the acting that I know like uh, Batmite. How many times have you seen it or watched it? Uh, now four times. Dude, that's awesome. I'm only on one time. There were so many subtleties. Mm-hmm. That I feel like I have to go back and watch it mm-hmm. again because yeah. you know every time you catch something else and something else and something else mm-hmm. and you see even more. So that's just yeah, I, I really like the way that there are so many subtleties hidden throughout. Well, one one thing that I was to say about this show that astounded me. I mean, I was I was like you know I loved it. I loved it. It was but it it just blew me away. This show had so much action in it that we didn't see. But we, it, like in our minds, it's like we paint that picture, kind of like reading a book, you know. In yeah. our minds, we know all that action happened. And we, we you know, we're piecing it together. It's it's like a Boba Fett theory almost, you know, about how cool it was. Yeah. And, and the, the car scene, too. Like me and BM was talking about the car scene. Like what's up, like Hawkeye with that car scene with a 360? Yeah. That was, that yeah. scene was dope. And then you get the, not the same type of scene, but it was a car chase. And just the scenes of him as soon as he closes his eyes, he opens it up. Something, something changed. Closes yeah. his eyes again. Something else changed. You know, and then you know, and then you have a conversation between him and the moon god. You know, and it makes him question himself. Like maybe this is real, the whole time. Yeah, my favorite part about that whole scene is at the very end. He's got no windshield, but his windshield wipers are going full swing. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Or what about right. when, the car, when it finally stopped and he's standing in the middle of the road and like, oh man, what am I going to do? All these guys got guns mm-hmm. on me. Next thing yeah. you know, <laughs> they got mm-hmm. what is that final destination, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get the giant logs yeah. just rolling down the hill. Boom, 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 boom. Every time he closes his eyes, something happened. What that does is put something in your head thinking, trying to imagine how did Mark, a.k.a. Moon Knight, is taking care of these dudes. You don't know, but in your mind, you're painting a picture like maybe he made it this way. And I think that's cool is you don't always have to show him doing something for it to be impactful. And for those scenes, I appreciate it because I was like, man, dude, Moon Knight's pretty badass, you know, even though you don't see him do anything yet, other than the very last scene when they finally show him, which some people were like, 
you know, they were complaining, like, oh, they didn't really show them that much. I'm like, yo, they have six episodes, <laughs> and the six episodes, it's not just going to be about Moon Knight. It has to be about Steven. It has to be about Mark, and it has to be about Moon Knight. And that's pretty good. And in six episodes, you have to make people feel for Steven. Because right now, everyone's feeling feeling sorry for the guy. And everybody wants to see more of Mark. At first, I was kind of uh, confused a little bit, trying to figure out like if he really did go to that place, which I'm, I'm guessing was the Alps, based on what we saw there. I, w- I was trying to figure out if he really did go there, just because of like, you know, he wakes up from it, and suddenly he's back home in London. But then we get to the scene later on with the fish place and suddenly it's, oh, he's been gone for two days. Well, in two yeah. days, you can get from the Alps and back. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. All right, now right. I get it. But it took yeah. like three, four watches before I even got that part. Where is he getting his money? Well, it's not from his work at the museum, that's for sure. Well, there, might, there might be another personality who brings in the cash, you know what I mean? That could be it. Or it could be Mark. Maybe, you know, he has money stashed. You don't know. In the comics, they had like, didn't they have like a moon copter, a moon night copter? (laughs) And so, like, I'm kind of curious, like, if it's supernatural powers and you don't have to worry about the costume anymore, probably the same. They're going to create something where he can just, I don't know, teleport or maybe walk through some dimension or something and pop out somewhere else, like a teleportation or something like that. In the comics, he had those little crescent, you know, moon looking discs that he throws like ninja stars, kind of right, or shurikens. You know, who's to say he couldn't take one of those, throw it up in the air, and it just grows tenfold, and he's able to, like, glide with right. that? One of the things that Joe pointed out was people were complaining that you only got to see the superhero, for lack of a better phrase, or the guy in costume uh, mm-hmm. until the end of the show. And I, I think that speaks to the different aspects of Marvel fans or mm-hmm. superhero fans in general, because that was... That's why they had to do the first episodes of WandaVision like back to back because that first episode was so slow and it really didn't have any sort of superhero-esque elements in it that people really didn't like that first episode, including myself. Uh, Second episode, you got into a little bit more. And I think what Marvel does, and they tried an experiment called the Eternals that didn't work out very well, but what they're trying to do is give us more complex shows more complex stories where it's just not about the guy in the cape it's just not about you know the the bullets and the shields and the Mm -hmm. flashbangs it's more about the actual character and that might turn some people off but Mm -hmm. i think that it's really going to resonate with people who like well thought out shows Mm -hmm. that's what happened with hawkeye because everyone was like it was more story driven than action i think the most action we got was halfway through the season but to be honest dude i think people that enjoy watching marvel movies or get spoiled yeah. they they want like right off the bat they want to see moon knight they want to see action and they they just don't have patience for the development of the characters and, and get to the point of where we see moon knight, moon moonlight a lot they say they, they want all that but they really appreciate this you know they'll they'll still complain about it like i love this i, I yeah. love a slow burn you know if there's not going to be any experimentation, it's just going to get stale. Yeah. Because I think, like, you remember, Alan, we saw that one guy that was cosplaying as Moon Knight. He, he's been doing it for, like, 15 years. <laughs> only Moon Knight. And he went to the premiere. It was pretty cool because he's the only character that he's done for 15 years. And he's a hardcore fan. And he went to the premiere and he saw the second episode. He said the second episode will blow away the first episode. 
So he was like, I'm not going to tell you anything. You're just going to appreciate it. And you're going to enjoy this episode a lot better than the first. So he was pretty hyped. And as a guy, that's that's probably like his number one character. I mean, obviously, if he's doing it for 15 years, cosplaying is that character. And he understands, like, he was okay with a lot of the changes. He was just more appreciative of that, dude, we have a Moon Knight TV series. Who'd ever thought that? You guys know my favorite avatar is a rabbit. And I yep. know that that might and the X-Man found some Easter eggs. You guys can be the Easter bunny for a moment. Can you drop any <laughs> Easter eggs that you have for us? All right. First of all, one of, I would say, the best Easter eggs for the whole thing uh, was a freebie by Marvel. Uh, if uh, you watch the scene where uh, he's talking with the little girl and, and it, she goes, uh, you know, aren't you upset that you didn't get through the field of reeds? In that scene where he's explaining the sarcophagus, there's a QR code on the wall. And if you scan it, it leads you to a free copy of Werewolf by Night, which was the first appearance of Moon Knight. What else? Uh, so uh, in the scene where he's uh, uh, going in the storeroom with Donna and they're uh, playing around with like the, the, the little stuffed animals, in sequence, you see a hippo a crocodile and a lion in one of the boxes, which is the shape of Amit, which is the, the, the demoness that, uh, uh, he's, uh, that he's fighting later on. So we see those three shapes kind of alluding to that character. Let's see, what else? We have, uh, he's reading a book about the great rift uh, between the pantheon of gods, which alludes to Set murdering Osiris. So again, alluding to Set. What else do we have? Uh, just a, a lot of uh, callbacks to Egypt. Uh, a, a lot of little tidbits of Egyptian mythology. Uh, there's the, the red restaurant, which was uh, the color of set. The back of his phone had hieroglyphics on it, too. I thought that was a cool <laughs> little thing. Like his phone case had hieroglyphics on it. Yeah, that looked like a razor, right? Egypt. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no. Not, the, not the razor. Not, 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 the, not, the, not the burner phone. Uh, his his regular phone. So Stephen's phone has a hieroglyphics case on it. Mm. Mark is just rocking the phone from early two thousands. Who do you, who do you think he's talking to when he claims to be leaving messages for his mom? He, he's got to be leaving those voicemails for somebody. He's calling the movie phone guy. It's not <laughs> a real Mr. person. It's Mister Movie Phone. <laughs> what nobody's talking about is who's the woman on the other phone at the end of it. Uh, he's just leaving voicemails. Yeah, he's just like voicemails. So it could be yeah. anybody. But I, I thought this part was pretty well, cool. Well, the girl. So, wasn't he talking so, to a girl? No, oh, he, you mean with the burner? With the burner. Yeah, the, with the yeah. burner. He was talking to the girl. The burner. The girl? That's uh, Layla, who's an archaeologist and friend of uh, Moon Knight and Mark Spector. Also a song by Eric Clapton. Layla El Fauli. Hey, you know one thing I, I, I think about the show? Like, when you got to hear uh, Ethan Hawke explain his situation... I think this is going to be another one of those movies where it's like, is the bad guy wrong? No. No. no, no. Let's he, talk he, he, about wrong. Ethan Hawke and, and the character. <laughs> what do you guys think of the the character, the acting? What do you guys think? Well, first I thought it was Kevin Bacon, and then I thought he was. <laughs> well, here's the thing why I don't think, it, like, is he wrong? Because the whole Moon Knight persona is so he's supposed to be the vengeance from the Moon Knight God to punish bad people. And so Ethan Hawke, that's what he's doing. He's like, hey, you, are you ready for, re you know, like for your reading, whether good or bad, it's going to it's going to show you true nature. And then you just, you know, you disappear. 
So, I mean, that's the whole Moon Knight thing. So I don't think it's going to be whether was he right or not. But is he, though? Or is it possible that he's uh, helping Emmett amass an army? Because that little old lady who Mm -hmm. had been good all of her life, it was believable that she was good all of her life. And then that guy, that young, strapping young man who would be able to fight for Emmett, I mean, she could be amassing an army of people, not necessarily be good. Yeah, but, you know, like, I'm sure we met a lot of people who look good on the inside, but they're really evil people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? You're like, there's no way this person could be that bad, and that person's that bad, dude. Yeah. yeah. She's just I not shit to fight in the army, man. <laughs> and then uh, I was also reading up uh, Dr. Arthur Harrow, who's uh, who Ethan Hawke is playing. He's supposed to have, like, a permanent snarl. Like it's like like a permanent snarl on his face, and he doesn't have that. But you know, speaking of the whole Batman similarities, like you know, we got that the Batman trailer where he's like a vengeance, and he's like punching, punching somebody, beating him down, you know. And then and then we got the Moon Knight trailer, and he's you know straddling somebody, punching him down. You know, it it was funny. Those were exactly the same. I thought that was kind of you know. Interestingly enough, I have to reconsider my idea that uh, Ethan Hawke's character is actually a villain because. At this point, he's asking for uh, the scarab. I'll just call it the scarab. Mm-hmm. He's asking for the scarab, but is that a bad thing? He hasn't necessarily done anything bad. Like we have this mm-hmm. old lady. She's, yep. He says, hey, I'm going to look at your life, mm-hmm. not just what you've lived so far, but all the way through. He is essentially removing someone who at some point is going to do something bad, which in theory would change the course of history if she never mm-hmm. had the chance to do that. But we're going to leave that alone, multiverse. So is he really bad? I don't know. Now that now that Batmite brings it up, I have to ask myself, maybe he's not bad. He's just playing his part in the big scheme. Well, here's the thing, though, is... It makes it look like he, they're for, they're, he's with the same God. So if he's with the same God, why is he why is he doesn't want Mark or Moon Knight to have the scarab? They're both working for different Egyptian gods. Is that right? Yeah. But they have the same tattoo. Did Mark have that tattoo? No. I, I'm pretty sure he had a tattoo. Didn't he? Or did I, or did I see it wrong? Or maybe uh, maybe it wasn't Ethan Hyde in the beginning. Yeah, because Ethan Hyde no, no, in, 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 in the very beginning... Oh, okay. so you're talking about the very beginning, the scene where he crushes up the. Yeah, maybe I got it confused. I thought yeah. I thought Mark had the same tattoo. No, that that's still that's still Ethan Hawke, and it, it mm-hmm. shows uh, part of Doctor Arthur uh, Harrow's uh, theory of pain stuff. So he's putting mm-hmm. uh, like Doctor Harrow has this thing about you know believing that pain you know is like a, a way of transcending kind of thing. So he crushes that up in order to get that level and puts it in his shoe. So he's walking under constant pain. But they weren't shoes; they were sandals. And when he was walking, there was no trail of blood. So is Emmett giving him some kind of like invulnerability powers, and he has to test it every day? Because other, if I was walking on glass in sandals, there would be bloody footprints from here to there. Or he's just calluses all on the bottom of his feet. It's just straight calluses. Well, if you think about a lot of the spiritual faith healers, um, or even people that you know, like let's say. Tony Robbins, you know, he did the fire walking and that gets people into that. And a lot of spiritual faith healers do the things where they walk across glass to show that they're protected by the gods. So maybe him crushing 
you know, crushing the glass, he's still protected, but he feels the pain in some way. So maybe that's an allusion to that. Or he's just crazy. In this case, I feel like he's not crazy. He mm-hmm. is simply exercising his strong belief in his Egyptian god. Right. 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 You know, yeah. He's centered. So we've talked Spectre. We've talked Stephen Grant. It looks like the third character, the cabbie, has not been introduced yet. What do you guys think of that Moon Knight suit? But no, it looks it looks super sweet. I, I'm uh it, it almost like lends itself to like an Egyptian mummy, you know. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it looked like a, a mummy, and then uh, uh, Al Tahir from uh, from Assassin's Creed, oh. like it just blended those two together. That's what it looked like to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it looks dope. Yeah. I can't wait that they, for them to have Mister Moon Knight. I'm, that's the one I'm waiting for. So it's Mister Knight is is uh, like another of the personas. Right. Midnight Man is somebody that they've already announced uh, as far as being in this. So Midnight Man is like this uh, antiquities thief. Uh, Moon Knight battles from time to time and supposedly at one point defeats him and he gets knocked in the river and it's unclear if he's going to be alive or not which is fitting because the actor that portrayed him tragically passed away this year in a skiing oh, that's accident. Right. Mm, oh, yeah, wow. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is considered one of one of his final works. So I think he was filming something else like shortly after he wrapped up Moon Knight but mm-hmm. this is pretty much one of the, his final works. Wow. Mm. Oh, hey, do any of you guys know anything about uh, the gold, the gold man, you know, like doing the, you know, the sideshow on the, on the grounds, you know, uh, busking for money, you know, yes. sitting there painting the gold. Who's this guy? I know he's got, a, he seems important. That was confirmed to be Crawley, one of uh, Moon Knight's uh, closest allies. So that's one of uh, Moon Knight's mm. allies and confidants, uh, Crawley. Yeah, because he's sitting there talking. The guys just sit there, like not moving at all, not no gestures. <laughs> and I'm like, "Does this guy? Is he like sitting there the whole time? I'm like, oh man, I hope this guy leaves soon, or is yeah. he actually friends with him? So he's most likely friends with him. Okay, cool." It also kind of alluded to in the in the books. Apparently, uh, Moon Knight would often communicate with Kansu via a statue. So kind of twofold. There we get both. Ah. Overall, this show is going to be the most complicated. Marvel show we have ever seen. What do you guys think? I think it's six episodes, and I'm going to be watching 24 episodes. It's it's going to be super complicated. I mean, they're they're going to take six episodes and they're going to jam pack it with stuff that you know you can watch it through and see it fine, but you know you start you know you start watching it with a fine tooth comb, it's going to be so much more. So I, I'm excited for this. It, it seems like a fun ride. Uh, the, another Easter egg I was just reminded of actually. Uh, when he's looking at that burner phone and he's looking and he sees like all the calls from the woman Layla, there's one that says Duchamp. Uh, that's his buddy Frenchie, uh, uh, one of his other confidants and and, uh, and sidekicks. The man in the chair, as uh, Alfie called him. Yeah, I don't think they're going to... Um, but, you know, just real quick, since this is a show about, you know, Egyptian gods and whatnot, we need some insabonur, you know, some actual... Oh, wait, <laughs> he was Apocalypse! So we've seen a lot of Marvel shows now. You know, we've got WandaVision. Uh, then we had Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Loki, Hawkeye. And now we have Moon Knight. Where do you rank it in first episode premiere? Uh, aside, aside from the fact that I've watched it four times, this one had more 
rewatch ability to it than the other ones. Uh, the other ones, as soon as I got done with them, I didn't really care if I watched them again. I, I got through them. This one, I, I think, tops uh, uh, the other ones as far as coming out uh, strong. It definitely came out strong. Yeah, I'm going to say better than WandaVision. Then we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Then we've got Loki. Yeah, better than the premiere episode of Loki. Was there one more? Hawkeye was fun. But this is still, I would say, definitely a better first episode. So it wins. Yeah, I want to right. say the same thing. The other episodes, like, you know, like we said before, like, people were like, oh, man, this is slow. I didn't see that much Moon Knight. And I, I beg to differ. Like, I think this one out the gate got right to it. And ended with Moon Knight, you know, like right there. Hey, this is what's going to happen in the next few episodes. You're going to see Moon Knight. But I thought it it had a strong first outing. Like I, after this episode, I really was like, I can't wait to the next one. I want to see what's going to happen with <laughs> three different characters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe four. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pull out a cheat code and uh, give it tied for number <laughs> one. I like the action of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like it's that just drew me in from the beginning. And far as uh, let's see here, the Winter Soldier was dealing with some PTSD, and they mm-hmm. were definitely creating. You know, the they were trying to flesh out those characters that had just been background characters or sidekicks for so long. Uh, this show a lot more intricacy, a lot more interesting things going on. So I feel like they're different sorts of shows like one is very straightforward and mm. the other one you really have to think you have to ask yourself did this really happen what's going on here if i'm seeing this in the background does it actually relate to the character instead of just being something in the background so it's it's a lot more interesting show in that aspect but i just like the straightforward action of falcon and winter soldier so i'm going to say tied for number one with falcon and winter soldier respect I bet you it ends up being better than Falcon Winter Soldier. And I want to say just because, well, you've said it before, Alan, that's not the actual story to Falcon Winter Soldier. They had to change it because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah. And I think that really affected my view of the show because the Super Soldier thing, I was like, uh, it's okay. Although I did like the very last episode when, you know, he came out with his new suit. He was Captain America. He did the speech at the end. I, that was probably my favorite part at the end when he was like, you know, giving the cap, the true Captain America speech and everyone's like, wow, this guy is Captain America. I really enjoyed that part of the whole series is the ending. And then also like, you know, the, the dealings with um, the winter soldier, like PSDD, like you said, but I think Moon Knight's going to end up being better. We'll see. I think so. Yeah. I agree. I think Moon Knight will be a much better show. Uh, for all the reasons that Joe said, so I don't need to repeat. I'm kind of curious. I wonder what that other story would have been. And would we be talking about how much better that show is if they would have did what they actually wanted to do with the show? We'll never know. Or maybe they'll come out with a director's cut someday <laughs> and we can check it out, which would be awesome. <laughs> so ladies, gentlemen, and knights, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. What we're going to do is when episode six drops, we're going to do a recap of the entire series let you know what we thought overall uh let me ask for final predictions from all three of you any predictions on how you feel this show will end or how it's going to interact with the rest of the mcu 
Yeah, I, I, I really like the idea of it rolling right into Love and Thunder. I could see that definitely happening. And the fact that we haven't had a trailer, that's just strategic. Uh, my thought is that we're going to have something at least alluding to the multiverse opening up to him even existing. So I, I'm going to go with some kind of connection with uh, Multiverse of Madness. I'm going to be totally different than you two right now. And I think the character is so complicated that for him to be in those type of movies, I don't think they're going to go with that. I, we haven't talked to him much or to, alluded to it, but the Midnight Suns, I think I can see them doing something with Moon Knight, Daredevil, if they Blade, if they introduce Ghost Rider, probably from the Multitude of Madness. But I think it'd be more so like the Midnight Suns if they're going to do anything with Moon Knight. That's what I think. Until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and Knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds Redefined. Booyah! Booyah!